I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, my name is Roger Heathers and with me, as always, every week is my co-host and friend... Declan Kitchener. You've only now upgraded me to friend. <laughs> episode 17. 17 times we've done this and only now you think of me as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, welcome back to the Weekly Song Podcast. Normally what we do on the Weekly Song Podcast is we go away and we write a song for a week each and then play them in front of each other and dissect them. However... We tend to do these in batches of seven, and we have just finished our batch of sessions, so instead, this week is a bit more of a recap on the previous seven weeks and songs. Yes, it is. Um, this is kind of strange for us, because I'm used to kind of diving into the same, you know, ebb and flow of what we normally do. We go, you go first, I go first, that kind of thing. In um, that tone of voice as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if anyone hasn't listened before, we usually talk like that. But um, yeah, this week, uh, we're going to kind of talk about our favourites, least favourites, stuff we might use for like future projects, like in my case albums, in your case like recordings and stuff that we might take further and develop. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm going to start with a question if you don't mind. Okay. What is your number one favourite song that you've written of these last seven? <sighs> it's between two. Okay. Like End of the Line is a song I've been playing at open mics and everything most, which was the first song I wrote of this batch. Uh, but... I prefer How Turning Up Goes, which is song number three. The only trouble is I have so much difficulty remember, remembering any of the lyrics that I've never played it, but I do just like this sort of funky kind of... Sort of a feel of it. Yeah, I love that song. Um, I've made some notes as well on, on your and mine songs, and on uh, Turning Up, I've just written behind it in brackets, BAND! Exclamation mark. Yeah, I so want to have a drummer come in and play on that song, but do the most insane drum fills ever. Like, yeah. Keith Moon style, like, this isn't what a drummer is supposed to do kind of thing. Yeah. Or, like, I could even kind of imagine sort of, like, Dave Grohl, No One Knows type of drum fills. Just, like... When you just go, what the hell? You know? Yeah, that's not a cohesive piece of music that fits into the song, but it works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the drummer stands out. He's not at the back of the band. It's like you really, you can really just go, he's fr uh, front and foremost uh, in the mix. So yeah, you need yeah. somebody like that. Um, so it's between turning up and... End of the line. End of the line. I like mm. end of the line. In fact, I like it so much and it's like such a... A staple to me now in your sets that I forgot you wrote it in this last seven weeks of songwriting. Yeah, well, bear in mind that is roughly about two months of playing that song. That's true, actually. Um, I really like that one. I put stars next to um, to my favourites of yours, um, End of the Line. Um, so Sorry. you started on like a super strong note, and I feel like I didn't so much. Um, but And then my other one of favourites for yours is Pause, as you know. Like. Oh, yes. I can't help, but when you play that song live, I just kind of like, even if I'm talking to someone, I just kind of go, nah, 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 and I just kind of watch you play it. Bit odd trying to do that about the piano. Uh, but um, no, I like pause as well. It's just very much a bit of a weird one for me. Mm. I mean, a lot of my songs are weird ones, but that one's kind of, um, I don't know, it's a bit musical theatre for the kind of thing that I like doing most of the time. Mm. Which is why I wrote the song. I wanted a musical theatre song. Sure, sure. But, like, um, I don't know. I, I don't see it with rock guitars on it. 
Yeah. Therefore, it instantly loses a few points in my head. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but then... I, I mean, I think you'd be the first to admit, you know, as well as me, that that is definitely a facet of your musical taste and your writing. That sort of, like, piano-based, like, it could be in a movie type of song, you know? Yeah. Um, in fact, next to... um, I've kind of, like, drawn some lines here between um, Pause and my song 21500, and they both link up to this bubble called La La Land, which is yeah. where you and I went to go and see La La Land, and we both kind of, like, and at separate really times... Uh, it had our influence, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned 21500, actually, like, um, because I was going to ask you, what are your favourites of the ones you've done? And then I'll say which ones I like. Hint, it's all of them. <laughs> Thank you. Before we went on air, you were like, oh, you've had a really strong run. And I was like, have I? Um, yes, he has. Well, thank you. Comment and tell him that he has. Um, let me see. Uh, so my favourites of mine... Um, this might surprise you, actually, because I feel like they're different from maybe your top ones of mine. I like Unlimited Power because I feel like it's this run's Limon in a weird sort of... Do you know what I mean by that? Like, it's sort of like changing yeah. up, like, sp like, sporadic piano <laughs> composition. That's the thing. Like, you've got so many different sections in that one. It's just kind of like... Um, I remember think, listening to it for the first time thinking, like, Jesus, how much more of their song is this? Yeah. Like, uh, how much more can there be? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that one bit where, like, it changes down a semitone and goes minor. Yeah. Like, just in the middle of the verse. Like, I, I wish I could play it, but I can't remember exactly how to play it. But it's one that I'll take to an album or something at some point, because I like it that much. But there's a bit where it's, like, in, in F sharp major. And then all of a sudden it just goes to F minor. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then it just kind of does a run down. For no reason. It's just like I just... Oh, like, the fact that you can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like Frank Zappa said, and I can't, I'm misquoting, but he said... No, 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 it wasn't Frank Zappa who said it. One of his band members said, Frank had the, this ability to write the most beautiful melodies, and then you go, Frank, that's amazing, and he just throw a spanner in the worst. You throw, like, a discordant chord over the entire thing, just to fuck with it, you know? <laughs> and I like, I like the idea of doing that. Um, so that's, that's one that I like. The other one I like is uh, Martini. Um... I like the Cocktail Trilogy. That As they shall now so, be known. Uh, sounds so grandiose and pretentious, but I, I like that trilogy of cocktail songs. Martini's my favourite one of, of them, because um, it's, it's a piano composition. And I tend to sort of like value my piano compositions over my guitar compositions for whatever reason. I think piano songs tend to be a bit more timeless, in my opinion. Yes. Like, they're the ones I can go back to and always kind of... I don't know, my memory stays the same with piano songs, whether they're mine or other people's. Like, you know, like, one of my favourite Prince songs is um, I Love You But I Don't Trust You Anymore. Yeah. And, like, Prince is, like, not really a piano ballad guy, but... But that one sticks in your head because it is a piano ballad, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like you can kind of strip down an artist to... It's like you're seeing them creatively naked. <laughs> that That's could be a title. <laughs> creatively naked, yeah. Um... It kind of reminds me... Actually, it's not to do with the piano, but it reminds me of, like, um, someone saying, like, with an acoustic guitar and mm. a song and an audience that's about about as naked as a musician can get. Yeah. But I reckon you've got something with the piano thing there. So those are your two favourites, then. Any others that you particularly like, or...? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like... I like all of them to a, to a degree, or else I wouldn't have shared them at all on the podcast I would have rewritten them so I, I like them all but there are some that I wouldn't use for an album um, I think yeah Martini and Unlimited Power I would use for for future albums or winter tapes or something I'd rework them in some capacity so 
Oh, fair enough. Yeah. You're quite correct. You have quite a different outlook on this one to me because some of my favourites of yours this run are um, Daiquiri is one I quite like. Mojito as well. Like the the other two of the cocktail trilogy. Yeah. Like, Must be being lonely. Does it be that lonely? Like, oh, I do love that yeah. melody. Um, but my favourite of yours out of this run, I have to say, apart from 21500 and Marfa Ticket, the other one you didn't mention is Ricochet. I really love Ricochet. Yeah. Like, um, I love the chorus line. These animals and humans fascinate my mind. Oh, what's the next line? Fucking hell. Humble, uh, wait, shit, what is it? Hungry um, and a bitch on by You know better than I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't hit those notes, obviously. Yeah, I mean, as you know, it's like one that I've taken to open mics and stuff and actually taken it live. So I like it enough to play it live, for sure. But I really imagine like a Beatles-esque production on that one. Huh. I might have to do that now, actually. Yeah, like Spe a sort of Ringo Bappy. Like... <laughs> Speaking of Ringo, sorry, this is completely off topic, but I just looked at the Beatles poster behind you there and I noticed this snare drum is higher than the toms. I think that's the angle of the shot. Also, Ringo is a weirdo. <laughs> Ringo is a weirdo, yeah. Ringo is a weirdo. Ringo, Ringo is, is a weirdo. weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you like um, Ricochet, like, that's your favourite of mine. That's my favourite of yours this run, I think. Daiquiri mm. uh, does a lot to challenge it, though. Yeah. Like, um, I do love that sort of... Uh, it's something that Matt said on the podcast when he was on, and I sort of completely agree with it, like that bit where you just go... Isn't you satisfaction? I got. You just do like the blackbird chord run at the. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got nothing on my sleeve. Let me see. It's just some years and years of satisfaction. I've got nothing up my sleeve. Yep. Yeah. That sounds. Cool. I am pleased with that. I've got to say, like that's one of those. I think I said when we had the mat on the podcast, like it was one of those ones. But like it happens. There was no writing to it. I just played it and it was in the song, you know. Yeah. It just happens to be there now. Yeah, it's just, and uh, it's probably my favourite moment of the song, apart from the I wish you well. But I really, I mean, that's like a Willie Nelson, Beatles, everyone's done it. That I do that when I'm running a uh, long, long time between sets and no one knows what they're doing, just so. <laughs> You know loads of those little, like, riffy things. You also play Can You Feel the Love Tonight and Binary Sunset from time to time. You do a great version of that, it's nice. Or, uh... like the orchestra behind you. That's oh, so good. Whenever I watch the film, I'm always surprised, like, how big it gets. Even though I've watched the film, like, hundreds of times. Like, you have the do 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 and it goes do 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 
<laughs> like, I, I love how it just like sort of just changes from being this really triumphant and mournful thing to being suddenly sort of empty. <laughs> like um, yeah. it's just a pipe dream that will never happen kind of thing. I, one, of, one of my strongest memories of just hanging out with you is I remember once we were just listening to music and, um, and you put on Binary Sunset. And you have this way of describing music that I really, really like. It's one of the things I've, I've always liked about you. Is like you can really describe music and you know your facts. And you were kind of saying to me like about the different emotional arcs and stuff that that piece of music has. And I still remember you going, see, it's happy here. And then like it just it's triumphant, but then it can never happen. And then it's like uh, militaristic or like it's a mission. Like, like a mysterious bit. kind of uh, a hint of something to come. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so Star Wars. Oh, we've done it again. We've gone. Up, we've gone the, very off topic. We've gone down that rabbit hole again. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> Track three. <laughs> okay, so we've covered each other's favorite ones. Now, what is your least favorite song of yours that you've done? That's a good question. This run. Um. I actually didn't think about this uh, in my in my notes, but I, I could probably think of one now. My least favorite one, I would probably say, is Martha Ticket. I I just don't think it's as strong as the others, and I was kind of like finding my feet again after um, having that little bit of time because we take a bit of time, don't we, between between the runs of seven songs. I had a bit yeah. of time off, and I was like, "It's a song. It passes it'll my do. standards, and it'll do on the podcast." So. I think I was finding, just dipping my toe in the water with that one, and uh, lyrically it doesn't really stand out to me or anything, it's kind of... Uh... See, I quite like that one. Yeah? It's got a nice bit of charm to it, I think. Is... I can't really remember it. Um, I listened to it earlier, obviously, when I was uh, planning for the show, but... Um... Which is, I like when the chorus comes in, like when that uh, comes in, the first line of that. That's one thing you've got really good at, actually, uh, during this run, like your choruses, what you can really sort of get a proper sense of when they kick in yeah but they you'll like do these kind of more complicated more ambiguous chords and then you'll do like one really strong phrase yeah 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 sort of really strong simple uncluttered phrase that sort of tells you where the chorus is which is quite cool yeah well I'm a big believer in, in like in two things when it comes to like chorus writing the first one is that like high notes um and frantic notes they imply more happiness or more urgency, obviously. Yeah. Um, just on like a, a fundamental like audio audio level, we we kind of recognize that in songs. The other thing is that I feel like, like you said, I have like ambiguous, weird, out of tone chords. And if you just go to like a fourth or a fifth or a first in a scale chord wise, it just gives you this kind of like coming home feeling. And if you have that coming home feeling coupled with that like triumphant urgent feeling uh of like a high high note it just i don't know it's a recipe for success i guess <laughs> yeah well that's the thing like i was saying last time when we were on this round of um the last uh, recap yeah the last recap where i was saying oh i've used four five and six too much yeah there's a reason why people use those chords a lot in choruses yeah definitely yeah and i think like i think as songwriters we kind of do, like go around this cycle of like developing like a love of one, four, five, and six. Um, uh, very familiar chords for anyone listening. Uh, we kind of go through a 
period of like loving those chords and like overusing them in a way and then we kind of go through a phase of like oh everyone uses those chords i can't use them and then now you... i must write everything out of key and <laughs> chromatic and everything must be wrong and then you kind of get into a and then you kind of go well like you just said there's reasons why people use those chords and it's like in every pop song ever because they're like pleasing to us as listeners um yeah. you know and uh, even the science behind it is like we're gonna like those chords so yeah, like it's built into the dynamics of those chords that they've got quite powerful voices in them, but they want, they build up in anticipation to coming back to your root. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of why that works. I mean, that is kind of like the bread and butter of songwriting in a way, it's like that kind of... That building that tension... That's the thing, as musicians, all we do is tension and release. So the longer you can hold that tension and keep people interested. Yeah. Like, you do need to resolve at some point. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, I listened to a podcast on the way over here today. And, um, and like, they, was, they were talking about um, trap music. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but it's, like, a type of, like, hip-hop drive music where, like, the hi-hats are, like... You know, just like every yeah, gap yeah. is filled with like a stupid a amount things. of things. And like they were saying, like, although it has its merits, like there's no tension, there's no release. It's just all a solid block of sound. And it, it's like the equivalent they were saying of having like a rock drummer where every two bars they'll do this like elaborate fill where some of the best rock drumming is like steady and yeah. then like it fills in at the correct places, little and often sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I can't remember what my point was. Um, resolving, I guess, like resolving intention and release. Yeah. Um, but, but having said that, you know, it kind of goes both ways. Like some of the best songs are just like the most simple one, four, five, where it doesn't take a hell of a lot of a long time to resolve. Yeah. Um, but then you can really drag out the five chord for like a long time and come back to the first, and it's just so satisfying. It's gonna be. Yeah. Well, it's also something I noticed you've been doing a lot more in your songwriting this. Uh... The sessions you've been sort of heading down more of a not a simplistic path per se but mm. a path you can't follow yeah because of what you've done <laughs> um no what was i gonna say sorry um, i can't actually derailed you there like a like particularly towards the end on stuff like daiquiri you're saying like oh i've been listening to johnny cash recently mm. and uh been trying to keep it a bit more simple mm. like uh, but you're also including little bits of um Obviously, you know a lot about music theory, and a little bit, and like what outside chords of scales work. So you're mixing that in with a sense of trying to be simple, but what you can already do seeps in. Yes, if that makes any kind of sense. It, it does. It does. Yeah, I mean, you can tell my voice is getting lower and lower as I get less and less confident about the point. That no, 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 I completely, I completely hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I completely not hear what you're saying. <laughs> it's <laughs> too low. I, you know. Um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, I mean, we de we develop these little like tricks that become inherent to our playing style. Every guitarist, every pianist, every drummer does that, um, and so you kind of can't help but put these things in from time to time. Yeah. And um, yeah, some of the nicest songs are the ones that are very simple at their core, and anyone could play them who could play a few chords. But they've got these extra little things which give them tone and definition. You go, I could tell that's a George Harrison riff because he did X. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love ch chucking those things in. I mean, one that I've started to do a lot um, is like if I'm playing an E major, I'll go 
and all those shapes, all those triads fit over an E major chord. Um, yeah, so I mean, just things like that. So if I'm playing that, I'll kind of do those sort of shapes. Um, I love semitonal movement, as we always talk about. Yeah, we both really love semitonal movement. Um, so you did your least mm. favourite, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. What are your least favourites? Well, my least favourite, I think, is probably... Well, it's kind of two, but backwards, I think, is probably my weakest one of this run. Like, uh, that's a piano one when yeah. Chris was in. Like, that was... Like, um, I've always held a strong view, don't get political in your songs, and don't try and explicitly write about politics. Didn't fucking work. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it... You know, I like the sort of main idea behind, like, the, um, change between B minor and G major 7. That is nice, actually. Yeah, I like how that fits together, but, like, the rest of it is just a bit, like, um, yeah. I think it's one of those weeks you all, everyone has somewhere, like, you're thinking, like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Do that tomorrow. Yeah. Do that tomorrow. Shit, it's tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, we're recording twelve hours yeah. or something. Yeah, I listened to backwards um, before we did this. Um, I kind of like it, to be honest with you. But I could tell it wasn't one that you were like as confident about as maybe some of the other ones you've written in the past seven weeks. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like I was falling out of love with it the minute I was playing it on the podcast. Same sort of thing happened for Trench Humour as well, although I really had zero time for that week. Right, right. Like, um, and that was the week I was busy Wednesday, so I had Thursday to write the music, mm. and then I was away from my piano for ages, so I couldn't oh, yeah. finish it up. So I only got to test the lyrics out on um, Monday. The day before we recorded, right? Yeah. God. Yeah, I've had a few weeks like that. But then isn't it amazing as well that like, for all the times we texted back and forth, you and me, going like, I haven't got a song yet and it's tomorrow, or like, putting it off throughout the week. Now, now we sit here with seven songs each on a list, 14 songs in, in seven weeks. I mean, 16 as well, if you include our two guests. Yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, not to be like self-congratulatory about it, but I'm just saying like, for all the stress and everything we felt we're like... We're still here and we made it. Like, we, we're here to tell the tale. Like I had a nightmare the other day where um, I turned up to one of these recording sessions and I didn't get it done. And just the worst thing was just everyone was just staring at me, like really disappointed. Everyone? Was it only me? Yeah, here? So, so, well, like it was just you and me. And then like I said, oh, I haven't got a song. And then suddenly everyone in the world turned up. It's just like staring at me like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll try and write one now. Um, uh, uh. That's so funny, I had exactly the same thing Too as you. Too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, I had, the, I had exactly the same dream as you. Um, it was during this run, but I forget which week it was, it was like six weeks ago or I something. I remember you telling me about it. Oh, and then you scolded me, which I don't think you'd actually do in real life, but that thing of like coming to the podcast and not actually having um, something something to play, it's not a good feeling. But it hasn't happened yet. Finger, yeah, fingers crossed it won't. Oh, Although exactly. we've gotten pretty close. I mean, Unlimited Power, you wrote, it's like... Um, about, what was it, a couple of hours before you actually came here? I wrote it before I packed up my microphones to drive to your house. Yeah, that's currently taken the record. And I think to beat it, like I said, on the podcast, it's literally going to have to be writing it on the podcast. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen again, but... Yeah, fingers crossed it doesn't. It's amazing you've got two very different approaches to songwriting. 
uh, with our guest songs this time. You had one which is basically two chords, but a really sort of uh, like a melody that sort of moves more than you would expect over two chords. With Chris's song. With Chris's song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And two really weird chords at that. Yeah, I know. Was he in an alternate tuning for that? Can you remember? I think he was, yeah. Yeah, he does a lot of those alternate tunics and stuff, but what I kind of like, he kind of baffles me, and I really like in a in a good way, with Chris's songs, it's like, like you said, the vocal melody really moves, but like, the chords stop for that melody sometimes, and like, he'll kind of like, have a bit where it's like a cappella for like yeah, 10 yeah. seconds. I thought I didn't need you, I thought I didn't need you, like all that bit. Yeah. But that's a you got you got a really strong melody with that. And I lie, yes I lie to you. Yeah, and like the feel change in that song is really cool as well. Like it really kind of because when he played it live, it was the first time we've heard it. He was playing it, and like when he kicked up that fast bit, I was like, I really didn't expect that in a in a good way, you know. Yeah, I want to hear that with a full band backing. Yeah, I I think like. What was it? That night we went to open mic together because we recorded on a Sunday that, that day and we go to open mic on, on a Sunday and he played that song live and I was like, I can't resist. And I went over on the cajon and I played the drum beat um, along with him when he was playing it. I think me and Sam were like banging on the tables as well. It's a good rhythm that as well. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a cool one. Yeah. Although talking of full band backings, I've actually heard our second guest song with a full band and it sounds awesome. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Modify, Matt's song from a couple of weeks ago. They played it with Majaro live. Yeah. Where did you see him? In Truro, was it? Uh, yeah, Truro in the Barley Sheaf. And then we're going to see him somewhere in Truro on... The 30th of this month, March. Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Um, people should come to that. Yeah, do come to that because it's an awesome show. And if you like loud guitars and rock music... Yeah. Then you'll generally be having a good time. Yeah, definitely. And also, <laughs> if, if you're looking for, like, good Cornish music to listen to, um, check out Majaro's Bandcamp page as well, because their EP is, like, something like a few quid. It's, like... Four quid, I Four think quid, yeah. And it's really good. It's really good to listen to it. So um, definitely check that out. Um, yes. But I want to hear I want to hear Modify Live. I'm really jealous you got the chance to do it before I did. <laughs> but it's um it's quite different to uh, Chris Sonic. It's got more movement in the actual chords and everything. Yeah. And... You can like even when he was playing it on acoustic, you could just hear all the riffs and the uh, bridge and everything. Mm. And, like you could tell there was more segments in the song, but it really comes alive when you hear a band behind it. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, like he does what I th- kind of thought was the impossible for a while, which is he plays the acoustic guitar like the electric guitar in a way, but it works so well. Mm. Like often you kind of go to. I don't know, um, you see somebody play acoustic guitar as an electric live, quote-unquote, and, like, they're kind of doing stuff where, like, they don't have any bass notes going, and they just kind of go... Or something, like, and it's like, there's no body to it, but the way he plays acoustic like electric, there's so much body and there's so much tone to what he does, and it translates amazingly to electric, so... Yeah. Um, it's cool to have guests on in general. Yeah, we like having guests on, and, in fact, uh, we might as well mention it now, if you want to be a guest on our next run of um, podcasts, which will be, like, in a month and a bit, roughly, won't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you do want to be on the next uh, run of uh, podcast and you're in Cornwall, then get in touch with us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, we'll um, try our best to fit you in. And if you're a bit further away, maybe, just send us in a song that you've written and we'll completely ruin it on air for you. <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll discuss it professionally and maturely. 
Yeah, exactly. We won't rip it apart or anything like we that. Won't, wink, we won't, wink. We won't make any Star Wars jokes at all. <laughs> well, that's the impossible. Yeah, no. I, yeah. That's, that's just an outright lie. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's always awesome having guests on because it changes the dynamic of the show and we're more professional. Yeah, we, we try a bit harder. <laughs> yeah. And also I feel like kind of, I'm speaking for myself here, but I kind of like, knowing I've got two people to play a brand new fresh song to, I try and really up my game a little bit when people are in. Yeah, it was kind of like, um, I mean, one of my songs for the guests was backwards. Obviously I failed a little bit of that one, but um, it's... It does make you try a bit more like, oh God, now I've got to be a good musician in front of another person who isn't the person I see every week. Yeah, well you had pause when Matt was in and like that's yeah. a stellar song, so... Yeah, songwriting's up and down. That's nice. Are those the pause chords? Yeah. Pause chords! You're playing it sort of in the style of um, uh, Take 5 by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. You know that one? Mm, afraid not. It's like an old jazz piece. It's in 5-4. I'd, I'd imagine, I imagined both of those in my head. Um... Anyway, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I completely lost the track. Of yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, that, yeah, we're doing a job. Another thing that uh, we'll be doing this podcast is that we'll be uh, just looking over a couple of old songs of ours, not necessarily weekly songs, but just doing a bit of analysis and deconstruction on them as well, just mm. to help fill up the time. I mean, um, uh, provide more interest <laughs> to uh, our listeners. Well, last time we did this, I got like a few like in-person comments from, from some people who listened saying like, I liked it when you took apart old songs. It's almost like there's more to talk about because we actually know the songs, we're more acquainted with them. Yeah. Because um, if we write something in a week, it's fresh, but you haven't really, you don't... Particularly if you yeah. write it an hour or two before, it's really fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited power. <coughs> cough, cough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, uh, do you want to start? What's your song that you're taking apart? Well, I was going to do uh, Bring Your Light to Me. Okay. Yeah. Instantly, Roger lights up because he likes that song. I do like that song. Right. Can I face this town alone? 
worries and demands literally just at that point normally I just end it with a straight I kind of like that new ending I also really like the um I really like the bit where um the chords go that's a really nice little change up there uh yeah uh, that came about I was um trying to work it out on a guitar and I was thinking I need something interesting to do in the bridge yeah uh I was just think I just think well I just take it onto the piano and then my hands fell naturally into that section. The dun, 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 dun. I thought, oh, that's nice. What I didn't realise, it's very Fallout boy which is not, it a, is. It's not a complaint at all, but uh, it's almost like, um, what was it, take over the break sober? Like... Something like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, who cares? That's a cool part. <laughs> also, I like it when it... When it um, goes to um, the quiet, like not only is that a cool dynamic change, but I like how like, you know, in the verses when it's like the melody's going and then it has the dun 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 bit in between the melodies. I like the way it's more constant. Like the way it just yeah. keeps and it really builds. It's like a great use of tension and release. Well, it's kind of like um, that. The main sort of way I do it is that. That's something I do a lot is where I have a line of lyric and then I have a riff, line of lyric, lift, lift, riff, um, but have that alternating thing. So I was thinking, what can I do to make that a bit different? I thought, what if, what if I just have like a verse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like regular songs have? <laughs> it's, it's a cool, it, that is actually a very you component of a song to have like, like you say, lyric, riff, lyric, riff and alternate yeah. like that. Um, and then to swap it. 
for just lyric all the way through. Like I say, especially having a choir, it's a yeah. cool release. Especially when you stop at the end and you go, without you, you know, I can't remember the lyric, but you just stop and then you sing it a cappella yeah. for a second. Well, this is another one of these that's designed for a band. This is actually a bit of a weird one to try and demonstrate because I can't actually play it properly on acoustic. Mm. Uh, because it's very much designed for having a bass and guitar going at the same time. So the main riff, or as I'm playing it acoustic, tends to be two, three, four. Whereas, for example, the bass riff, uh, when trying to do it in a full band thing, tends to be more. So the first chord always hangs on a bit longer and then the guitar just goes. Ah, okay. And it's just trying to get that to work. Um, it's just easier to sort of fudge it a little bit when playing it on an acoustic guitar. I see, I see. Yeah. So, uh, like for example, in that... In the build-up section, what that would really be would be... Okay. But it's just a bit too difficult for me to sing and try and get the bass and the guitar doing the same thing. Well, of course, yeah, it's like, not impossible, obviously, but just, yeah, a really yeah. difficult task. To yeah, do for that. a song I don't play much, it's not worth putting the effort in to try and uh, do, like, the perfect version. And yeah, whatever. but it'd be cool with a band. You ever played it with a band before? I've tried to, yeah. yeah. It actually comes out sounding pretty okay. Oh, I'd like to hear it with a band. Yeah. The only you thing need it, a band! The only thing is, like, trying to sort of get that middle bit down where it does the ascending chords, like... Uh, it's just after the... It's trying to get uh, people to remember to not just follow the chords and just go... Bass or the hair? Sorry? What, what would you prefer on the bass instead of just following the roots? Uh, well, that's the line. Oh, that's the line. Okay, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, I see. Because following the roots would be. Oh, right. Oh, it's, so much, it's so much better when like a bass actually goes Ascends. up to that ascending type yeah. of thing. Well, that's a. I'm a nightmare for bassists because I write a lot of bass into my chords anyway. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it does come out sounding quite nice, particularly when you've got a drummer who can play as well. That's quite cool. Oh, man, I want to hear it with a band. So, I like that so song. So do I. I like that song a lot anyway. I think it's a, it's well, a strong you, one. You did a load of demo vocals on a oh, rough yeah. copy I made of it a while ago. More than a while. Yeah, that's got to be a, maybe a couple of years or so. That was uh, I wrote that after Reading, um, in two thousand fifteen. Wow, God! So not two years, but getting close. Getting close to About two years. A year and a half. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Well, I guess it's time for my song. Hooray! I don't know what that cut's going to sound like. That edit. That's going to be a bit of a weird one, but we'll have done it now, and the audio people will be listening on the outside to the things that we've already done on the inside. So you're seeing behind the curtain, you little scamps. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right. Um, so um, the song I'm going to take apart is uh, it's called Find It Where It Comes. All right. And it's from my album. Um, which, which you should buy because it's awesome to your heart's content. To your heart's content. And um, for a long, long time, it was my favourite song on the album. Until I recorded it and it became a pain in the ass to record. But I like it again now. Like, <laughs> I've kind of like gone through that process and now I like the song again. But at the beginning I was thinking, this is going to be A, so easy to record, and B, it's my favourite song I've ever written. And it really was at the time, Find It Where It Comes. I was like, this is my favourite song I've ever written. And, um, and then I tried to record it and it was a long, arduous process where nothing came together. And it took me like loads of drafts and demos and stuff to get it sounding anywhere near good. But um, I wrote this song about... Four years ago, about the same time as Balloon, like that sort of era. So like Balloon and Find It were like the earliest songs. So you, you didn't play... Uh, I remember when we uh, met, we were going out to open mic nights and everything a lot. Mm. You didn't play Find It Where It Comes for ages. No, I didn't, did I? No, it was only uh, after uh, about six months of us hanging out together, which would have been mm. about Christmas time 2015. Yeah. Uh, where I finally heard you play it. Did I play it on piano or guitar? Guitar. Hmm. Interesting. Was that like at an open mic or were we just like playing guitars together? No, it's an open mic. See, that's interesting because I've only... Well, this isn't true now that you've just said that, but <laughs> I, I was going to say I've only recently discovered that I can play it um, nicely on guitar, but I guess I played it back then as well. I mean, I've always known the chords, obviously, because I wrote it, but it's a piano composition. I'm going to play it on guitar today, but... Um, it's a piano composition, I wrote it on piano and like it fits really nicely on piano and it sounds cool on piano. Um, piano, piano, piano. Um, anyway, um, piano, uh, piano, 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 um, where was I? It's a piano composition, it fits really nicely, but you're playing it on guitar today. Playing it on guitar today, yeah, so it's like three years old and, um, I'll play it and then I'll talk about it. I'm just gonna, afterwards I'm gonna talk about like, um, some of the chord changes I like in it. It's got some ones I haven't used before or since and it's kind of cool they kind of came to me out of nowhere in a way and I'm going to talk about the lyrics I'm going to tell you the story about what it's about because like lyrically I think it's one of my weirder songs yeah birdie always eats the burgers at the end of the night <laughs> um, only once I'm not saying it's a funny line because you know it's just a weird line but once I had like a like a comedy reaction to that where like a small room full of people laughed at that line and I was like I've never considered that funny before but I guess it kind of is um, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to play Find It Where It Comes. Don't look around at all 
Don't seek your pleasure, find it, Mary, find it where it comes. Oh, find it where it comes. Try not to hate his stupid diction. The way he preached about nutrition In many ways he is probably right oh, But he always eats the burgers at the end of the night And he sleeps under heaven In a workplace by the side of the road him grow Don't look around for pain now Mary Don't look around at all oh, oh, Don't seek your pleasure Find it Mary Find it where it comes Oh, find it where it Clap. Very excited golf clap. I do love that song. Thank you. One of my favourite things you do in it is um, mm. where you're doing. Don't seek your pleasure, find it, Mary, find it where it cut. And you just shift up like a whole key just for that one line. Yeah. And then you go all the way back down. Yeah. Like, it's just for one line. You go two, uh, two semitones up. Uh, in terms of scale. Yeah, whole scale. And then you go back down again. Yeah. <laughs> after that line is finished, which is a really weird thing to do. It's a very weird thing to do, and it wasn't something I consciously planned exactly, but... Because it's the title lyric as well, the... Find it, Mary, find it... Oh, I think... Find it, Mary, find it where it comes. I'll find it where it comes. Like, yeah. It really helps to uh, say, look, this is the name of the song. Yeah. Go away, Google it, and buy the album. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, there's, there's a few things that, like, I've never consciously thought about this before, but I like that key change. I like the fact that the song starts in G major and ends on A major, obviously, because the final Find It Where It Comes When It Changes key doesn't resolve back to G um, like, the, like it does with the verses. And so I like, I like it that it starts and ends on a different key. That's cool. I like that sort of change. Um, what else do I like about that? The lyrics are kind of weird. I may as well talk about the lyrics. Yeah, I've always wondered this about <laughs> this one slightly. Well, first of all, before I go into the story of the lyrics, let me try and remember the missing verse, which I never play anymore and isn't on the album or anything. Right, because I think I remember there was a time when I first heard it where you actually did play the missing verse and I kept thinking, that's a great song, but it's a bit too long. And, you no, know, in fact, you said this to me, didn't you? Yeah. You said, um, you know, maybe, maybe consider removing the verse if you put it on an album. And, um, and, and you did. did. Yeah. Obviously, so, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> see, I'd forgotten that you'd heard the missing verse. Yeah. Um, that is the same time you played Christian Pony Live the first time as well. Does that have a missing verse? Uh, I think it's a bit shorter, but I don't know that it's a missing verse. I think you did a few more repeats in Christian Pony, but it's oh, a long okay. time ago. Yeah. 
I was going to say, there's definitely not another animal that I sing about. No. He's a regular Arizona buzz, buzzard. <laughs> anyway. Um, what the fuck's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the missing verse, which I will probably screw up, went like this. And you'll notice the Beatles reference. Now that I've found some shelter At the end of the long and winding road it seems too good to be solid Don't let me fall And then it went straight into a chorus, which is also a bit weird, because every other verse... Has the, the, second, has the second half of the verse. Yeah, it has that, that bridgey type of thing. So I, I had that, and A, it was too long, like you said when, when I played it that time. Um, and B, I don't really like the lyrics that much. It's very, like, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the song, um, which is about, I'll tell you what it's about. Um, the first... Waiting so long for this. <laughs> the first verse, the don't speak too soon, you can't fly me to the moon thing, is, like, the most obvious example I can think of, um, of um, that thing where, like, I start really abstract with the first verse when I'm writing, and then I find my subject matter later. So the first verse doesn't really mean that much. Um, now, the second verse... Um, the guy who eats the burgers at the end of the night and preaches about nutrition. Yes. Um, he was somebody I worked with called... Um, I won't say his second name, because I don't know it. <laughs> it's not about anonymity, I just forget the guy's name. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it's about this guy called John, who I worked with um, at the bar I work at. And this was like four years ago, and he only worked there for one season, because it's a seasonal job. He lived on site. So he lit and like the pub is like on this long road. Um, yeah. So he lived in a workplace by the side of the road. So there's that. Um, he, I got on really well with him, but he, <laughs> he, um, uh, he wasn't like popular among everybody. Anyway, because yeah. um, he like used to kind of go on these rants about like um, spirituality and healthy eating and like like eating like a really plant based diet and everything. And um, and I used to. Uh, Whenever like I meet somebody who's like a little bit unusual and stuff, if I kind of like what they're saying and they're gen generally a nice person, I'll kind of like give them quite a lot of time and listen to them and stuff. Um, and so we just used used to talk about diet and all that sort of stuff and like, and everything. And um, at the end of every night, did he eat some burgers. He ate some burgers. You guessed it right. Um, um, at the end of every night, as often happens with restaurants, if there's leftover food like chips and sometimes, like, baggies of curry or, like, sausages and burgers and stuff like that, um, they bring them through to the pot wash area so that, like, the floor staff, when it gets quiet on the floor and sometimes the bar staff too, they can go in and sort of, like, have a bowl of chips and stuff. And it's, like, the highlight of the night if you work in a shitty restaurant. Yeah. Um, I like my job. Don't find me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I said they missed your employers, Mark. Yeah. Um, songs and all. Um, yeah, um, what do you call it? Um... Is like the highlight of the night, and so he'd be like talking about this, like nutritional eating to everyone who would give him any time to, to talk. And the end of the night, you just go in and eat this like shitty like food every night, and I just thought that was really funny. And um, it's kind of like a reason to like him, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I like the guy anyway. So um, uh, that was kind of the subject matter for the song. And find it merry, find it where it comes is like completely unrelated. It's like a tangential, not even tangential. Sorry, wrong word like a non-sequitur lyric. Um, it's just about uh, kind of like, I guess, sort of like a zen approach to life of like 
don't cling to things and don't hang take on. Take things as they come. Take things as they come, basically, yeah. Um, I mean, that's very self-explanatory in the lyrics, so I think that's that's something everyone can get. But yeah, that's finding where it comes, and I uh, can't really think of anything else to say about it. What's on my notes? Um, nothing else. So, yeah. Well, I am now a lot more informed about this song. <laughs> I always thought that the try not to hate stupid ditching way preached about nutrition, that stuff was all a bit more metaphorical. No, it's literally about a guy. It's literally about a guy <laughs> who eats the burgers at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's just really weird thinking like you didn't know what the song was about and you hear me play it quite often. Yeah, and, like, to the point where I sing along a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean... Above all else, I'll wrap up here, because um, we're running out of time a little bit, and battery on my laptop, but um, <laughs> above all, it's just a song where I like the composition. It's not like a song that I personally relate to, like, lyrically at all. I just like the chords a lot, and I like the melody a lot, and um, it's always stuck out to me as, like, a song that I want to carry on playing. Well, what I quite like is the way you've produced it on your album. Like, yeah? With the sort of string backing and everything, and, like, the more piano-based, and... Uh... Yeah. The pretty nice guitar and bass and drums. Did and you know, stuff. you're the only person who has a mix of that song where the bridge between the first chorus and the second verse has a guitar solo. You're the only person who has a copy of that mix. I, I'm blessed. Um, and uh, I got rid of it because it wasn't a very good guitar solo. It didn't fit with the song. Um, but yeah. That's pretty cool. I guess I guess we should uh, wrap up then. Ooh. So that's uh, it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. And actually for this little run, season two, we're going to bravely call it like we're on television or something. Um, yeah, so we've, uh, we're going to be going away for a little bit just so that we can uh, like focus on a couple of other things. Like uh, you've got more work to do on P. Green Boat's acoustic record and everything. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, go like the page on Facebook that's all I can say at the moment yeah yeah. actually do go and check out Pea Green Boat because they're quite a good band and I quite like some of their stuff oh <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that Roger is in the room singing across <laughs> yeah if I wasn't here I would just be like ah, Pea Green Boat and their stupid big mixes <laughs> <laughs> stupid synthesizers and samples and everything <laughs> um, yeah uh, we'll let you know when we come back on air Yes. Uh, we'll probably do the same thing we did for season two, which would be just putting out an advert. Yes. Uh, beforehand. But um, yeah, that's been it. If you've uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us for any reason, weekly song podcast at gmail dot com. If you'd like to be a guest, same address, and just say I want to be a guest, and we'll say yes, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see you in the future then. Ta ra. Ta ra. <laughs>